0: I'm Daniel torres Dwyer and welcome to Alice International's Career Success Podcast. Cody merging with PNG Prestige, Revlon with Elizabeth Arden, L'Oreal acquiring Nix. Beauty is one of the most dynamic industries out there today, clearly. To learn more about it, we have the pleasure to have Gianni Pieraccioni with us today. He's a board-level executive that's worked with global companies like Revlon, Alitalia, J&J, and PepsiCo. And the reason why we have invited him today is to understand more about the beauty consumer, its distribution, and how it will evolve during the coming years. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: Very good, Daniel. Thank you very much for hosting me.
0: So today, as mentioned before, we're going to speak about the beauty market, how it's changed, obviously. You know a little bit about this um, with your experience. So I wanted to ask you first, the beauty market's in turmoil with new consumer behaviors and technology being the major disruptive forces of this. Um, Can you shed some light on, for me and the listeners, about what's going on first with the consumer, the beauty consumer, and then with the actual technology?
1: Yes, of course, Daniel, I think, uh, first of all, I want to impress upon you that the beauty market and particularly color cosmetics within it uh, is a great category to be in. It's really mm-hmm. very large category, very fast-growing worldwide, and uh, it's really growing in every single country around the world. And uh, so it's, it's great for companies to be in, but at the same time, as you correctly pointed out, there are major disrupting forces right now that are generating a major upheaval. And uh, just to summarize this, and I will dwell on the specific points afterwards, I would say that the traditional business models are currently challenged by strong desire of customization, personalization, and innovation by the consumers, who, uh, as never before, are now extremely engaged in this category. And uh, second technology, and in particular the digitalization, uh, is changing the structure of the industry. So let me stay on uh, on the consumer first. Uh, As usual, everything starts with the consumer. And uh, the the color cosmetic consumer is uh, a very particular consumer because it's really a very active one. These are women who Mm -hmm. actively seek to improve their look and image in order to either gain self-confidence or be appreciated by other people. And uh, it is important to say that these these are people that seek the products. They're not passive consumers that get intercepted by the companies, but they are really looking for the products. These are women from uh, all ages, from puberty to grave, all ethnicities, all social classes, urban and rural, working and not working, north and south of the world. So, uh, and the penetration of our cosmetics and the beauty products in general is really very high in Western countries. It gets up to 81% for categories like high products or 74% for leap ones. Mm-hmm. And it's growing really, really very fast in uh, less developed areas. And the most uh, important one I want to mention is China. The daily consumption also is really multiple. has multiple applications for makeup. So, uh, so we have a, an ideal cocktail that says uh, high consumer penetration, multiple frequent usage, full spectrum of engaged consumers who who spend from uh, enthusiastic early adopters to the loyal uh, routine followers. Everything looks perfect, and uh, the reality it's not perfect. Why? Because uh, currently the market uh, is different from the market of the past. In the past, the market was mm-hmm. made up by baby boomers and Generation X. Yeah, These are people who loved brands, particularly uh, when they were chosen the, also by their friends because it was a kind of sense of belonging to a group. A cool brands made you cool. So uh, These were loyal to these brands and they were very much engaged with them in two moments. Traditional TV or print advertising and uh, purchases in brick and mortar stores. Today's consumers are completely different. These are millennials and Generation Z. Mm-hmm. These are people who either reject or do not know the brands of their mothers, they want different looks multiple times, after all, they are the selfie generation, and uh, these are people who really uh, are very much individualistic consumers, they do not like to use products used by other people, they, they want full customization and personalization, they, um, they don't look for brands, they look. Uh, their loyalty to brands is rapidly decreasing. In fact, uh, uh, they seek products rather than uh, brands and jump from uh, one innovation to another in, mm-hmm. uh, in a perennial search for their own. Okay. And, uh, if you think about this, this has dramatic implications for the industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: First, first, there is a spasmodic effort to multiply innovation. So the old concept that the companies uh, used to apply of fewer, bigger, better innovation doesn't apply anymore here. And uh, this has consequences in terms of uh, missed economies of scale, shorter product life cycles, uh, higher returns and markdowns. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, the, the successful companies are the ones that really need to abide to, the, to, the, to these new rules. And the new rules are basically spasmodic research for innovation. Second, uh, there is also proliferation of new brands, because if the consumers look for the next new thing... The, And they're not really caring for traditional brands and iconic brands. There is space for uh, independent brands, the so-called indie brands, that are often Mm -hmm. small, niche, and are much easier to develop a market uh, in uh, today's world. And uh, here comes uh, the the concept of Mm -hmm. um, uh, innovation as a disruptive uh, element. In fact, uh, these new brands uh, are significantly eating market shares of the big brands uh, and uh, What is enabling them to be present in the marketplace is really technology. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you think about it in the past, uh, uh, in order to be successful in uh, beauty or in color cosmetics, you needed to have big manufacturing plants. You need to have your own very expensive Mm R&D. You need to have expensive traditional advertising. You need to have onerous distribution contracts with uh, the trade middlemen. So all things that today... Really, you can, uh, you can overcome because uh, today everybody can launch its own color cosmetic brand from a manufacturing standpoint, for instance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There is uh, plenty of capacity available uh, in, uh, in Asia, uh, in third-party plants, in China, in Korea, okay. but also in the Western world. If you go to Italy or to the United States, there is really plenty of capacity. And you don't need R&D anymore. There are uh, third-party manufacturers that do it on your behalf and allow you to pick your innovation from their catalog, which is an ever-growing catalog. And if you think about advertising, well, uh, with the social media, smartphones and iPads, uh, and uh, emergency of uh, Internet bloggers and influencers, traditional advertising has become almost obsolete. Certainly not the primary marketing tool anymore. So, and finally, the direct-to-consumer sales online has set aside the need for uh, what is an affordable and inaccessible uh, brick-and-mortar retailer. Yeah, and uh, and the same applies for distribution uh, fulfillment. Everybody can do this with uh, many online providers. So you see, you see, there is a there is a major major disruption because all the um, entry barriers of this category have gone down. So uh, let me th- let me say also something else about digitalization. Mm-hmm. There's a. Um, the digitalization and availability of excessive manufacturing, as we said before, is uh, uh, are enabling these new brands to, 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 to become viable players. But digital is also changing the way consumers engage and uh, shop for beauty products. And this is a process which will uh, accelerate even more in the very moment in which in the Western world we're going to have the convergence between uh, uh, social media and uh, online shopping Go to social media, you go to Instagram, you cannot buy a product. You need to do several steps in terms of clicks before buying the product. In China today, if you go to social media, you can buy the product.
0: Oh, wow. In fact,
1: in China, 40%, more than 40% of the beauty market is purchased online. So it's really already the number one channel in the world.
0: With all these changes, the consumer changing through technology as well, how do you see? the distribution panorama transforming? Well, it is uh, dramatically changing uh, as well. You know
1: that uh, everybody speaks about this uh, brick and mortar retail crisis uh, as consumers go online. I believe that brick and mortars, yes, it is a crisis, but they they have the possibility of uh, fighting back. In fact, there are some significant winners also between uh, brick and mortar retailers. uh, Those who offer also services like uh, Sephora, Ulta in the United States. Uh, yeah. So there are some uh, some some retailers that are doing well, uh, and I think that if in the very moment bigger more Mortar's retailers will uh, understand that, that um, uh, not only they have to play online, but they also uh, have the possibility of uh, fighting against uh, online uh, on uh, different turfs, uh, they will uh, they will uh, become successful uh, again. And uh, let me let me explain uh, what I mean. They can offer a convergence of channels. For instance, in the United States, there is a, cha- there is a chain called Ulta, which uh, offers uh, the total convergence of all channels. So you, you enter the store, and mm-hmm. you have uh, uh, mass market products, prestige products, professional products. And the reason why they can offer the three uh, products and uh, basically Overcome the idiosyncrasies of the channels, the exclusivities of the channels, is because they are offering also services in store. They offer um, skincare services, uh, makeup services, and uh, a full salon for hair color, hair care. So, by doing this, uh, they are basically creating an experience for the consumer in which the consumer is allowed to have access to every kind of product from every kind of channel in Mm -hmm. one uh, only place. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other point that the the retailer should should do is really uh, capitalize on the possibility they have. They can give the full brand experience in terms of assortment and communication to uh, the consumers. Third, I think they they can uh, also provide services in terms of learning, tutorial, uh, courses, all things that online we haven't seen very much developed material on the sites that are selling today. And finally, the uh, retail retail space can become an entertainment space. So the more you make uh, events, the more you attract consumers to your store, the better.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: these are the to me. This is to me my 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 personal recipe. But I think uh, I think many bright retailers are thinking about it. But I haven't seen the full recipe applied yet.
0: Yeah. Because it also depends if it's like a more specialized and focused store, like the examples that you were saying, like Sephora and Ulta, or something that's more like generalistic, like a Walmart or any other supermarket, where you have like a beauty category within the supermarket, right?
1: That's right. You are are pointing this out very correctly. In those stores, uh, um, what is going on right now is that there is a a spasmodic uh, effort to elevate uh, Beauty to elevate the uh, Mm. section of beauty in terms of uh, look merchandising appearance, uh, so that consumers uh, don't find them uh, in uh, really in a food store, but when they get into this section, they find themselves uh, like they were in a specialist store. Mm
0: -hmm. So we've talked a lot about the consumer, also the retailers transforming. How do you see the big beauty companies, which have experimented a big number of M and A's? in the last few years, how do you see them reacting and planning the future? Okay, first of all, they are trying to adapt uh, fast
1: to this new environment, and I think they were uh, caught a little bit off guard by the uh, phenomenon of the indie brands. And actually, they lost market share significantly to the indie brands in the marketplace. And probably in the future, they will never go back to the same level of market share they had before. So the new future probably is going to be Combination of big brands and big companies, big iconic uh, brands, uh, together with uh, small brands and proliferation uh, uh, or uh, m- mushrooming of uh, of little brands all together. Now, how are these p- big players uh, reacting? First of all, they are expanding innovation, so they are investing on uh, creating uh, more personal, more innovation, and uh, which means at the same time not only more new things but also shorter timing uh, to market. Mm -hmm. which uh, would make them a little bit more competitive uh, than before. And uh, second, they are creating uh, some more personalized experience uh, by using uh, technology and big data. And third, uh, some of them are purchasing these indie brands. Uh, You see the experience of uh, both L'Oreal and Estelle Mm Oder. They have uh, made significant acquisitions in this space of uh, independent brands that have been uh, very successful and they have taken them to a further level by leveraging their distribution capabilities and also their uh, marketing muscle. So uh, this is also a very, very successful strategy. Not all the companies have done it, but the, the ones that have been doing it up to now have been pretty, pretty successful. And fourth, uh, they, I mm-hmm. think that they're trying to get uh, directly to the consumers much more than before. And uh, this uh, idea of getting directly to the consumer is... is uh, encompasses many, many channels, and not only online, but also television sales. Also, new sales models like uh, subscriptions or uh, the distributor sales, which was uh, the old multi-pyramid uh, scheme, which, which now is enabled by technology, by social media, by uh, uh, online. So you see some of these companies are trying to experiment in this space. For instance, let me mention Coty with the Unique brand. They, call, they purchased this brand, which is called Unique, and this is a brand which is uh, sold uh, online on social media through a multi-pyramid scheme and through a, 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 the so-called distributed sales. So you can be a consumer, and at the same time, you can be a, a distributor of the brand by yourself by building your own uh, little website on, uh, on the brand. So these are new experiments, and uh, the big companies are very much interested in this. Not all the companies have the enjoy the same level of development in terms of responding to the challenges of the marketplace. Some of them are much more traditional. Some of them are mm-hmm. much more entrenched in defending their icon brands, the big, old icon brands. And some others are much more uh, leaning towards uh, acquiring uh, indie brands. And some others are much more into experimenting new distribution uh, uh, models. So I don't know who's going to win. <laughs> I... Mm-hmm. But I tell you that there is a, there is a lot of uh, awareness of uh, the elements that are disrupting the marketplace right now, and uh, I'm sure 100% that uh, in the boardrooms of these big companies, uh, uh, there are lots of people working right now on uh, how to solve the puzzle and uh, how to react and how to redesign the future for their, for their companies.
0: No, I'm sure they are. I mean, clearly, it is an industry which is transforming very quick. So thanks a lot, Gianni, for providing your insight. I think that our listeners won't be able to claim that they don't know anything about beauty after listening to this, I think.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity of expressing some uh, thoughts on this market, which is really very interesting, uh, very appealing. And as I said at the beginning of our conversation, it is very large, growing uh, and enjoying uh, a vibrancy that probably he never enjoyed in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would like to thank you again, Gianni, and thanks to our listeners for joining us and look forward to seeing you again in the next podcast. Look forward as well to hearing your feedback, which is, as you know, very welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thank you very much.